This Pokemon is feared. When its gemstone eyes begin to glow with a sinister shine, it's believed that it will steal people's spirits away. Exactly 108 spirits gathered to become this Pokemon. Apparently there are some ill-natured spirits in the mix. Hey there, Pokemon trainers. Welcome back to another episode of Dragon Dance, a Pokemon podcast. If you're new here, hello. My name is Santiago, and this is the Pokemon podcast where I go over each unique Pokemon type combination that's currently available. I go over when it first appeared, all the Pokemon with this type combination, and how they stacked up on the competitive side of things. Alright guys, so I wanted to start out by apologizing for being late with yet another episode. Um, I went to go visit some family on Wednesday. And as I was working on the episode, I realized that I forgot to bring my equipment, so here we are, a few days late. Uh, So let's see, in last week's episode, I had my very first guest, I interviewed Brady Smith of the VGC Corner, and he was a really cool and chill guy, and I think that the interview went pretty, pretty great, yeah. So if you want to give that a listen, go back one episode to check that out. And on with today's episode. Today's episode is on Dark Ghost. And I'm excited about this one because although dragon t- the dragon type is my favorite, Ghost is definitely in the top five. And I just really like talking about Ghost because I feel like they have so much more lore. Or the lore that we do have about Ghost, the Ghost type Pokemon give them like an aura of mystery that makes Pokemon fans come up with their own theories about how they came into the world. I think one of the best examples of this is Gengar. So Gengar, as you might know, has been in the Pokemon franchise since Generation 1. It's got a ton of Pokedex entries, but one of the things that a lot of Pokefans have theorized is that Gengar is actually the shadow of uh, the Pokemon Fable, or something along those lines. Um... Yeah, so on the topic of ghost lore, uh, we as humans have had thousands upon thousands of ghost stories from all parts of the world. And different cultures view the idea of ghosts, the supernatural, or um, communication from the beyond, or whatever, very differently. Coming from a Mexican background, uh, I, along with my family, celebrate Day of the Dead. And the origins of Day of the Dead stems from indigenous beliefs mixed in with Catholicism. The purpose for the Day of the Dead is to celebrate friends, family, and loved ones who've passed on and who are no longer with us. And so you could say that some people in Mexican culture are very open to the idea of uh, spirits and ghosts and are comfortable with the idea of death. But that's not to say all of them, because, you know, I don't want to group all Mexican people um, into, 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 into that. Um, and then, you know, there's some cultures that view, uh, ghosts and spirits as just purely malevolent beings. And I guess it just all depends on the culture. Um, and also probably the type of ghost. Uh, I've read lots of stories about certain ghosts that are just purely mischievous. 
um, and hauntings that have just been purely bad, <laughs> I guess you can say. Um, but yeah, like there's tons of tales of very mischievous spirits. There's stories of ghosts that have led people to safety. Uh, there's also plenty of stories of ghosts that of just ghostly appearances or apparitions or whatever, be there, being neither negative or positive, just an appearance, you know? Uh, I really, really like ghost stories, uh, which reminds me when I was a kid, I used to watch the, uh, a few shows like mystery hunters and truth or scare. These were two shows back in the early two thousands on discovery. Ki- no. Yeah. Discovery kids. And they came on really early in the morning. I want to say at six o'clock. So I remember like around five 30, I would wake up, um, before school started, uh, get ready, brush my teeth, get dressed, or and and then put on um, Mystery Hunters and Truth or Scare. Uh, and these were shows that were based, they're not based, they covered supernatural topics uh, like ghost sightings, hauntings, um, and mysterious encounters with spirits and extraterrestrials or whatever. And that was my jam, you know? Um, and I actually, <laughs> while I was doing some research for this episode, I try to see if um if it was on some type of streaming service and if i remember correctly i think it might be on hbo or something so i'm gonna try to watch it after i'm done recording this episode uh but anyways i'm getting off topic back to pokemon uh yeah so strengths and weaknesses ghost dark is probably by far one of the most impressive combination it resists only one type which is poison However, it is immune to normal, fighting, and psychic. That's a total of three immunities. And it only has one weakness. That weakness is to fairy. And here is fun fact number one. Before the introduction of the fairy type in Generation 6, the ghost-dark type combination had zero weaknesses. So having only one weaknesses, weakness, one resistance, and three immunities is very impressive on the defensive side of things. And it's honestly probably why we haven't had that many Pokemon with this type combination. In Pokemon, we've only had two Ghost Darks, and one of them Mega Evolved, so you could technically say that there are like three Pokemon, but it's really just two, plus a Mega. And... The first Pokemon with this incredible type combination is the darkness Pokemon, Sableye. This little gremlin looking thing was first introduced to us in Generation 3 and is considered to be the counterpart to Mawile. Sableye is a tiny creature with a large head proportional to its body. Uh, Its body is completely purple and has pointy ears and spiky finger-like appendages. The most distinguishing feature on this Pokemon are the gems that are all over its body. It has two gems that look like diamonds uh, where its eye should be. It has one red gem in the center of its chest and three gems on its back, uh, being red, blue, and green. In fact, here's fun fact number two. The gems on its back seem to be representative of the gems that the Generation 3 games were named after, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Sableye also has the ability to Mega Evolve in battle if it is holding its corresponding Mega Stone. 
when it mega evolves, the red gem um, that was in its chest pops out and becomes bigger than Sableye itself. The gem, the gem is big and heavy, and Sableye hides behind it, using it as a type of shield. Its ears get longer and pointier, and the eyes, which look like diamonds, are now red. They are like red gemstones that look like rubies. And normally, and I was looking at this uh, at um, Sableye's sprites, and in none of the sprites can you actually see its teeth. However, when it mega evolves, it actually opens its mouth. And I think there were some anime appearances where it does open its mouth and you can see its teeth, but its teeth are white. But when it mega evolves, its teeth become golden. And aside from the massive gem and the different colored eyes, Mega's Sableye looks pretty much more or less the same. Uh, let's see. And yeah, so the inspiration behind uh, Sableye is really cool. So according to some sources, this Pokemon is based on the Hopkinsville Goblin. And before this episode, I had no idea what this was. So obviously, I had to do some research on it. And I found out that this was a very, very interesting tale. So as the story goes, back in 1955 in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, a family of 12 came into the police station one evening claiming that their farm had been attacked by small alien creatures and that they've been fighting them off with gunfire for hours. Um, And after a thorough investigation by the local and a few federal authorities, nothing was really found aside evidence of a gunfire around the house. They did find that there was a lot of damage to the property, like damage to the house, windows, uh, porch and everything. But no real, no real evidence of damage from these tiny creatures, or what they claimed were tiny aliens. Um, yeah, so what the family uh, said is that these creatures were short, dark figures that would repeatedly peer into their house. They would repeatedly look into their house via doorways or windows. And after this incident... Maybe a few days after that, the family packed up and left, claiming that the creatures had kept kept on coming back, and it spooked them out, and so they left. So, this is where details get a little bit confusing. The article that I read stated that the media just took off with this story, because why wouldn't you? If a family of 12 comes in and tells you that, hey, uh, some aliens were attacking my farm uh, in the middle of Kentucky where I would assume not much happens, that's the media is going to run a, run with it, right? And uh, they took off with this story, and over the years, more details <laughs> were added about this creature that did not directly come from the mouth the mouths of the Hopkinsville uh, family. Uh, things like glowing yellow eyes, pointy ears, and sharp, sharp claws, uh, those were added later on. Uh, the family did not say that they had them, but, you know, just people uh, in not only in media, but also readers would just add things. Uh, and yeah, so the story kept growing. So this story became so popular that it even even inspired the term little green men, the LGMs, um, despite the family not mentioning that the creatures were green. They only mentioned that they were dark in color and. 
the story of these small aliens uh, attacking this rural home spread even on to an international skill so much so that it's apparently become very popular in Japanese media which is why there's a Pokemon based on it so yeah so that, those are the origins of Sableye so let's talk abilities Sableye has two common abilities one hidden ability and a fourth ability that's only for its mega so it's Two common abilities are Keen Eye and Stall. I covered Keen Eye previously, so I'll go over it again very quickly. Keen Eye prevents the opponent from lowering the user's accuracy, and the user also ignores the opponent's evasion boost. Stall is a very weird ability. Uh, it makes it so that the user moves last, regardless of speed or the effects of Trick Room. Stall is also the signature ability of Sableye. And so there's currently no other Pokemon with this ability. Um, I guess moving last could come in handy in very specific situations. For instance, if a, uh, if a move doubles, it's... So, for instance, there are certain moves that double damage if the user has already taken damage. So that could be a reason why you would want to go last to get the maximum damage output but other than that i can't really think of any other reasons but if you know why stall would be important um please let me know because i'm really curious about what the strategy behind that is and next we move into sableye's hidden ability and this is probably one of the best abilities for the competitive scene which is prankster Prankster gives priority to all status type moves. For example, Sableye knows the move called Will-O-Wisp, which is a status move that burns the opponent. Now, under normal circumstances, that Will-O-Wisp would go off depending on the speed of Sableye in the, uh, in, yeah, based off of Sableye's speed. And, um, and Sableye unfortunately has a little bit below average speed so normally it wouldn't go first but with prankster that will-o-wisp will go off first regardless of speed tier unless the opposing pokemon also has a higher priority like protect so in a nutshell prankster is very very useful in the competitive scene because it can offer good support for your more offensive pokemon however starting in generation 7 Dark-type Pokemon cannot be affected by Prankster-boosted uh, prankster status moves if that move targets them directly. So moves like Thunder Wave and Will-O-Wisp will not affect, let's say, an opposing Sableye, since it is also par part Dark-type. Um, but moves like Tailwind or Sunny Day will go off because it is not affecting that specific Pokemon. It's affecting the battlefield. And finally, Mega Sableye's ability is Magic Bounce, w Bounce, which reflects all status type moves from the user. This ability is useful because not only will the user be immune to status type moves like Scary Face, Thunder Wave, Will-O-Wisp, stuff like that, the effects of those status moves are then reflected onto the opposing Pokemon. And this is a really good ability to have if you're a skilled enough player and you're good at predicting what your opponents will do next in terms of status affliction. Alright, on to the next one. The next dark ghost Pokemon came in the very next generation, 
with the introduction of Spiritomb, also known as the Forbidden Pokemon in its Pokedex. I personally think it has a very straightforward design. Uh, at the bottom, we have a stone base called the Odd Keystone. And in that base, there's a crack in the middle and uh, a purple ghostly apparition comes out of it. This ghostly part looks kind of like a, like a hurricane, cyclone, typhoon, whatever you call it. It's spinning in a circular motion. And within that swirl, it has eyes and a mouth made of green goo or energy. I don't really know. Maybe spirits. I don't really know what the green is supposed to be. Maybe more just ghostly spirit or energy or whatever. But what I do know is that its Pokédex entry states that it is made up of 108 spirits that were collected and trapped in the Keystone by a mysterious spell as punishment for doing something bad. <laughs> that, that's all it says. Uh, it says that it did some misdeeds and doesn't really go into a lot of detail as to what exactly it did. But as punishment, it was trapped in a Keystone. All 108 spirits were tra- trapped in the Keystone. But like I said, it's made up of 108 spirits. And that number seems to be really, really important lore-wise. In the Sinnoh Pokedex, uh, Spiritomb comes in at 108. Its defense and special defense stat are both 108. Its weight in kilograms is 108, which is a little short of 240 pounds. Um, If you played uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby or Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, you may recall encountering uh, Spiritomb at Sea Malville, which was like that old ship, I think, that was wrecked or whatever. Um, But anyways, that was found on Route 108. And in Pokemon Go, Spiritomb is really only available through special research where you have to catch either 108 Pokemon or use 108 berries to help you catch Pokemon. Something requiring you to do 108 something. Um, And finally, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, you can obtain a Spiritomb only after you've encountered all 108 Wisps that are scattered across Hisui. So, you may be wondering, what's the big deal about the number 108 in this Pokemon? And, according to some sources, this is based on Buddhist origins. In Buddhism, there's a state of being known as Nirvana, which is a state of idyllic peace. And this is the final goal, sorry, the final goal in the Buddhist belief. In this state, there is no suffering, there's no desire, there's no sense of self, just at peace with oneself. However, reaching the state of nirvana is not an easy feat, and according to Buddhist belief, the person who is trying to attain nirvana has to overcome 108 earthly temptations. Buddhist monks spend years learning, just learning how to reach nirvana, and then possibly decades trying to reach it. So the number uh, 108 is representative of all earthly temptations that they have to overcome within their, uh, throughout their lifetime. And if you really want to know more about what those 108 temptations are, I highly recommend looking them up. I gave it a look, and <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's a lot. There's 108. But yeah, um, it was just really interesting 
going through that list and seeing what it is that one has to overcome in order to reach enlightenment. And yeah, I know that was super theological, but it was very, very interesting. And I highly recommend um, reading more on that. But okay, so back to Pokemon. Spiritomb has one common ability and one hidden ability. Its common ability is pressure. And I've covered pressure before in a different episode. So the short summary is, is that it will cause your opponent to use up more of their PP for every move that they use. And Spiritomb's hidden ability is Infiltrator. What Infiltrator does is that it bypasses barriers slash layers of protections and even substitutions to damage the opponent. What I mean by barriers slash layers of protections are things like Reflect, Light Screen, Aurora Veil, Safeguard, and Mist. Reflect halves the damage of physical type moves on the side that Reflect was set up. And Light Screen does the same thing, but only for special type moves. Aurora Veil is a combination of Reflect and, um, and Light Screen. Aurora Veil can have the damage of both physical and special type moves. Um, and Safeguard, however, Aurora Veil, in order to be set up, has to be in, in the snow or hail or whatever generation you're playing it in. It has to be either under hail or snow. And Safeguard protects the user's side from being effect, uh, afflicted by status condition like burn or paralysis. And uh, like I said before, this ability can also bypass a user's substitute. Substitute is a move that allows a Pokemon to hide behind a decoy doll. And that decoy doll can also take damage for the, uh, the said Pokemon. In order to set up substitute, the user has to sacrifice a quarter of their health. Uh, and let's say that you know that a move is going to one-shot you. If you're faster than your opponent, you can use Substitute, uh, sacrifice a quarter of your health, and that doll will take all of the damage um, that you would have normally taken. And so you get to live one more turn. And the Infiltrator ability can bypass all of that. It will do normal damage if Reflect, Light Screen, or Aurora Veil are... Sorry. If Reflect, Light Screen, or Aurora Veil is set up. And it can inflict status move if Safeguard or Mist is up. And if the opponent has Substitute, it will damage the target directly instead of going for the Decoy Doll. So this is a really good ability to have if you know that your opponent is going to be bringing a lot of supportive Pokemon that's going to be setting all of this stuff up. Uh, But speaking of the competitive side, um, now we're going to competitive. (laughs) Sableye has made an appearance on two teams at Worlds 2013, on one team at Worlds 2014, and that's it. (laughs) To be completely honest, Sableye has a very low base stat total of only 380. It has brittle defenses, a low HP HP stat, and is a lot slower than common threats. The only real reason why it even stood a chance of competitive viability is that it's got a good type combination with back then, at least in 2013, zero weaknesses, 2014, only one, and the fact that it has the prankster ability, uh, which is what 
almost the which is what all of them ran in order to help either weaken uh, the opponents or help um, beef up your heavy hitters. As for Spirit Tomb, unfortunately, it has not made any of the appearance any appearances on any of the top teams at any World's Championship, which is slightly understandable. It has the same low HP stat that Sableye has, uh, and it's also slower than Sableye. However, it does have decent defense and special defense, uh, and a great typing, but I guess it just didn't really have the best tools to be either an offensive powerhouse or be either a fast or bulky supporter. Um, so yeah, that's probably why he never made it to Worlds. And uh, let's see, that does it for today's episode. <laughs> so yeah, if you made it this far, thank you so much for sticking around. Again, I apologize for coming out with this episode so late. Um, I think going forward, I'm actually going to be changing the date on which all future episodes are released on. All episodes will usually came out on Fridays, but from now on, all the episodes will be published all for Monday morning. And I really like the alliterative name Fusion Friday, but I've been struggling to get things out on time for Friday episodes. So I'll work on the episodes on the weekend, and they'll be out first thing Monday morning. Uh, and Fusion Monday doesn't really have the same ring to it. Uh, so if you can find a new, if you can come up with a nicer new name for these episodes, please reach out to me and let me know, and I'll give you a shout out on on another on a future episode. Also, follow me on social media. I now have a Threads account if you would like to follow me up there. It's not as big as Twitter, but it is nice. Um, you can follow me at the Aztec Dragon on Instagram, Twitter, and Thread, and the Aztec Dragon with two N's on TikTok. So, in the next uh, Fusion Monday episode, I'll be covering a mesmerizing beast of a combination, Dragon Psychic. And also, I don't know if you've noticed, but so far I've been covering every single type with no overlaps. And now we're going to be covering the final two uh, two types of the 18, which is Dragon and Psychic. And I'm really excited about this one because, like I said before, Dragon is my favorite type. Anyways, uh, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Uh, take care, and I'll see you later. Bye.